Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Today is a little bit different in as much as we're starting the, the message now. But the message is not just going to be uh, purely me uh, speaking. Uh, I've asked the worship team to help us. This is going to be the, one of the most unique services that we have in the whole year here at Bethel because it's really integrated with a lot of worship of God. This is, we are now in the Yamim, the, the, the Yamim Noraim, the days of awe, right? These are the days. What are the days of awe? The days of awe are the days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. These are days that we should seek God's face even more fervently. These are days we should make amends in our lives. I want you to prepare your hearts even now to receive what the Lord has for you today. Whatever that thing is, that thing, whatever that thing is in your life, seek to make a course correction. Defeat that, that, that demon in your life. Forgive and ask for forgiveness. Listen, this is part of the purpose of these days, is to draw closer to God. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of a, a time maybe when you're with a, a parent and, uh, and, and during certain times, you just want to physically be even close to that parent. Uh, you can remember, right? Even if your parents have gone on to be with the Lord, right? You want to be close to that loved one. Well, this, these, this is the time, the Yamim Noreim, the days of all are times where we want to just draw in tight with our Heavenly Father, why? Because we are in the midst of his holy days, that he's the one who came up with them right there in the Bible, right in the Torah, unequivocally commemorated and celebrated and participated in both in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Amen? And so we need to enjoy and embrace these things as well. Wow, I think this worship experience today is going to be poignant and powerful. So I've asked the musicians to help me do the ministering this weekend. And also, uh, you hear me just kind of speak nonstop enough for, for three, four weeks, right? But I, I want you, to, you're supposed to say no. You're supposed to, you're all supposed to say no, Rabbi, that's not, nobody. Okay, I, I, I want you to let the Lord touch you as you participate in what is a worship service. In just a few moments, I'm going to ask you to to stand. Uh, later, if you feel like sitting, then sit, okay? There's no, don't feel like uh, obligated. Uh, if you feel like kneeling right there in the pew, then do so. That's fine. I would encourage you to 
attempt to establish a connection between you and the Lord. This is not a regular service, guys. This is, this is something different. I want you to try to make a connection, to, make a, to establish a connection between you and the creator of the universe. Wow, that's, that's, that's a big thing. But you can do it. You can do it because God is always willing to connect with you. You can worship God. You can clap your hands when appropriate. Raise holy hands to the Lord. You know, King David raised holy hands in worship of God. It's right there in the Bible. And in services like this, it's great when we're excited. That's good. Please keep your, your neighbor in mind so that your expression, no matter how genuine, doesn't become a distraction to them, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> sometimes I'd see people... And they get so excited, it's a quiet moment of worship, and they go, hallelujah, and you see the other person, ah, it scares them, it's like, wow, I think that you've taken them out of their worship moment. Okay, so just please be sensitive. Uh, but that being said, get ready. I believe you're going to, I really believe that you will experience the presence of the Almighty here today. And we are here during these Yomim Noraim to worship God, our creator. It's one of our purposes in life is to worship the Lord. I want you to, to feel and learn to sense the presence of God. Some of you are here today and, uh, and, and you've maybe never thought about it or never considered the presence of God, feeling the presence of God. I want you to learn to discern the presence of God. So this is going to be a service because the Lord's presence is already here and will continue to be so. Uh, I'm going to be sharing some scriptures today, and the scriptures that I share with you today is part of my the message part of the service, right? The scriptures that I share with you today are going to be directly related to the music that they're going to be playing. So this is a very integrated service. I picked all the music for, for uh, today as well, for this time, and I've asked the worship team to share today, and we're going to be kind of alternating where I'll be sharing some scriptures and sharing some thoughts, and then the worship team will come and lead us in some worship, and then I'll come and share some more scriptures, and the worship team, so that's kind of the flow, the ebb and flow of our service here today. And most of our worship music in general comes straight from the Word of God or leads us directly to it. And so what I want you to do is as we worship today, you know, sometimes I don't know about you, but I know that this is true for me. I, I was raised uh, primarily in, within Messianic uh, Judaism. And so uh, when you are, when you've been a believer and been in the house of God, been in worship experiences for a long time in your life, it can get, if you're not careful, it can get to a point where you're singing the words because you know the words, but you're not really thinking about what it is that you're singing. You're not thinking of the words. Some people do this with secular music as well, right? They'll sing all the words of the secular song, and you're like, what did that song mean? And they're like, what? What do you mean? What does it mean? I have no idea. I've never even thought about the words. But you know every word, we got to make sure that it doesn't become like that for us. Same thing with our liturgy, by the way. We got to make sure it doesn't become rote in any way. So I want you to think about the words of these songs, even if you normally do not, and especially think about them because I'm going to share with you from the scripture where a number of these songs come from. And so you'll be able to understand the songs even more within context. Amen? 
Exodus chapter 3, please, in the Torah. Exodus chapter 3. So let's begin with uh, some scripture here, and let's talk about this. Exodus chapter 3. Beloved, when we enter into the presence of God, which we are about to do even more so, one of the things that you tend to do, is wise to do, is to exalt the greatness of the Lord, to exalt his greatness, and somehow to to just extol him. I mean, think about even the Lord's Prayer, the first thing, which which is a model prayer for us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lifting up his name, thy kingdom come, thy will be. Okay, he's, he's exalting the Lord. This is one of the things we need to do when we enter into the presence of God. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses was being called by God from a burning bush to go to Egypt as God wanted to free the Israelite slaves. So God was calling Moses, you know the story of the burning bush, Take off thy shoes for the place where thou art is holy ground, right? You know, it's like pretty good. It's, and then, you know, Charlton Heston takes off the shoes. You've all seen it, okay? We've all seen it. Uh, and it's, it's a very powerful moment. But Moses is, you can tell, he's a bit intimidated by the task, which I completely understand. And so he starts asking God some clarifying questions. And let's pick it up in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. But Moses said to God, suppose I go to B'nai Israel, suppose I go to the children of Israel, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I say to them? It's not, it's not an unreasonable question. Verse 14, God answered Moses, I am who I am. Then he said, You are to say to B'nai Yisrael, I am has sent me to you. Boy, I get chills just when I say that, honestly. I've got chills all over me right now. Our God is I am. Another kind of translational way to look at that in English is uh, understanding kind of the tense is God saying, I will be who I will be. That's who sent you. I will be who I will be. He goes on to say that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when you hear, I am, am. It should convey to you that your God is a deliverer. Why? Because this is specifically what God told Moses to say to the children of Israel. So the children of Israel were about to be delivered, and that's when God identifies himself to Moses as I am am as I am. What do you need deliverance from? Well, if you need deliverance from anything in your life, the one to turn to is I am, because he is indeed the great I am. Amen? John chapter 8. These are some things I want you to file in your head as we prepare 
to worship the Lord because it's going to make the worship experience richer for you if you understand a little bit of the context from which these songs come from. What does Yeshua say in John chapter 8 as he is revealing his nature? Y'all, get ready for this. I think that some of you know this. I think plenty of you probably don't, have never picked up on this before. It's so cool. John chapter 8. Yeshua is revealing his nature. And what does he say in John chapter 8, verse 56? He says this. Yeshua says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He's he's declaring himself as as the Almighty by saying that. You understand. He saw it and was thrilled. Whoa. How could Abraham... Verse 57, then the Judeans said to him, you're not even 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? Yeshua answered, amen, amen, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. God, man, I get chills like crazy even right now. Whew. You, you hear what Yeshua was saying right there? Before Abraham was, I am. Revelation 5, please. Revelation 5. Whew, man. Mm. I am. Wow, that is powerful. That inspires me and speaks to me also. Revelation chapter 5, in the end days, I've got a lot for you today from Revelation. It just happened to be what the Lord was leading me to. In the end of days, as the judgment of God is poured upon this world, in the end days, days that are still yet to come, the book of Revelation contains much. Most of Revelation is that which is yet to come. It's prophecy that's still in the future, which is amazing, written 2,000 years ago, and it's still in the future. It's awesome. Okay, but we read here that in the end days, judgment, the judgment of God is poured upon the world. I, I think you can tell why. And, and as part of this, there are scrolls that are opened. It's, it's very mystical. But we see in this vision, John's vision, we see that there's some scrolls that need to be opened. And in, and in this vision of John, we see this, this whole scene playing out. And uh, however, although these scrolls need to be opened, which, which, which make these pronouncements over the earth, it seems like no one is worthy to open the scroll. No one is worthy to, to, to take a look and to proclaim what's inside it. Why? Because it has to be someone who is perfect and holy. And, and, and maybe they look around and... and, and, and there doesn't seem to be anyone around who is worthy to read the scrolls. And this we pick it up in Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, the, the vision. And I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll. That's talking about God, the, the, the Father, seated on the throne. And his right hand is a scroll written on both the front and the back, sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel 
proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? No one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. Then one of the elders tells me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Friends, only Yeshua, only Yeshua, the lion of the tribe of Judah, is worthy. He is the only one. And friends, we get to be in his presence. We get to be in his presence, the presence of the lion of the tribe of Judah, the only one who is worthy. So friends, we need to give him glory. I want you to remember this and to remember this picture even as we sing it. He is worthy and he is worthy of your praise and he is worthy of your worship. He is worthy of your trust. He is worthy of your dedicating your life to him. He and he alone is worthy. And as the musicians come on up, that's why in chapter 11 it says what? It says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah. And why the psalmist in chapter 68 says, arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Only God who is worthy can do this. Let's all stand now and let's enter into a time of worship unto the Lord. But as we do, I want for you to really let these words go deeply into your spirit. Let these words pierce you on the inside. I've given you the historical context of the songs that we're going to be doing in this first segment. Let's worship the Lord. You bring the dead to life 
The kingdoms of this world are now 
the great I am. You are the one. You are the one who is found worthy. Oh, Lord God. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. Oh, Lord, let your arise, oh, Lord, let your enemies be scattered. Lord, even within our own lives, Lord, help us, help us, Lord, for you to arise in our lives. Arise in our lives more and more, Lord. Let these days of awe where we are sitting in awe of you, Lord, let, let please arise in our lives, oh God, because you are indeed the great I am. You are the one, you are the deliverer. You delivered our people, announcing yourself as I will be who I will be. Lord, be who you will be in our lives. That's our humble request, Lord. We need more of the great I am. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're enjoying our, of just taking some time to worship you, Lord. Let us continue in spirit and in truth. B'Shem Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. B'Shem Yeshua. You may be seated. We're just getting started. We're just getting started right now. I thank you so much, uh, musicians. We're going to have, trust me, a lot more of this here today. We're just kind of getting going. That was our intro. Friends, it's a blessing to be in the presence of the great I am, isn't it? Oh, man, the Lord is in this place. Uh, you know, uh, sadly, I have to say, so much of, uh, of traditional faith walks, both in traditional Judaism and within traditional Christianity, is, seems to me oftentimes to be vacant of, uh, of a relationship with, with, with God and the Creator and an intimacy. And it becomes a little too rote. It's a little too kind of like uh, uh, almost uh, checking off a box, uh, oftentimes too, uh, uh, too much of like a pattern and, and not as much of a relationship with God. We need to, to love God with all of our hearts and turn our lives over to him. Amen? You know, in Revelation, I told you, the Lord has me in Revelation right now. In Revelation chapter 19, we read more about the victory of the Messiah. Uh, and, uh, and you can turn there if you want to get ahead. We read more about the victory of the Messiah. We know that in, in biblical eschatology, those following God... Okay, that's us, that's you, that's you, um, most of you for sure who are watching, uh, and if not, you can be, are referred to as the body of Messiah, but we read in Revelation chapter 19, they're actually referred to as the bride of Messiah, the bride. We collectively, those who follow God, are known as the bride of Messiah, and so our groom is Messiah, is Moshiach. Moshiach is our groom, Messiah Yeshua. And, and any of you, I've conducted lots of weddings. I tell you what, I love doing weddings. And, and a traditional Jewish wedding uh, is set up, I mean, an ancient Jewish wedding. If you understand Jewish weddings, you'll understand how us being called the bride of Messiah really means something of great significance. Because in, in a traditional Jewish wedding, what happens is that the, the groom departs, but one day he commits, I will return to you, the bride, to get the bride at an hour in which she knows not. Okay, do you see the parallel here? As us, as the body of Messiah, Yeshua, will come for us 
as his bride, people who are following Messiah Yeshua, at a time in which we don't know. But we're told to be ready and to expect. We, must, we are asked to be ready to receive our groom at that time. It's a beautiful picture, and it's alluded to all throughout the scripture. Uh, well, when Messiah comes, and there is that impending victory, we will all respond with a few things. One of the things we will respond with is found in Revelation chapter 19. So let's take a look there at what one of our responses will be when Yeshua comes to to gather us and, and when he has his victory. Okay, Revelation chapter 19, verse six, it says, then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude like the roar of rushing waters, or like the rumbling of powerful thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for Adonai Elohei Tzavaot reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready." So as, as part of our role as the bride of Messiah, we are the bride of Messiah, then let's face it, we should be practicing our lines. You know, it's interesting when we have a wedding, which is typically had here on the bima, uh, with the podium is out of the way, the chuppah, the bridal canopy is set up, and pretty much every wedding that I've done, I, there may have been an exception, uh, we have usually the day or two before a rehearsal, right? The wedding, everybody knows you do a wedding rehearsal, right? And, and you practice a lot of things that you'll be doing in the lines that you will be doing when you're at the wedding ceremony itself. The wedding ceremony is coming when God, when Yeshua will take his bride, us, the body of believers, unto him, and forever we will be with the Lord, which by the way, stands for Sukkot which is coming up in just about a week and a half or so, right? And so when we are all there together, what is one of the things we will be saying? We'll be saying, hallelujah, for Adonai Elohei Tzavaot reigns. He reigns. Our God reigns. Yeshua reigns. It's one of the things that we will be making as a declaration. You can almost think of it as as part of a wedding ceremony, some of the things that you say to each other under the bridal canopy. One of the things that we will be doing is we will be exalting Messiah. We will be exalting his name, and we will be saying hallelujah, which means praise the Lord, praise his name. By the way, Hallel from Beth Hallel is part of hallelujah. And we will be worshiping him and praising him. But one of the things that we will make as a declaration is that our God reigns. Why? Because he will reign over this this world, this universe here, right? And, And just like the bride waits for that Jewish groom, Yeshua is sure to keep his promises. Yeshua promised one day... When he ascended, he said, I will return. Now, it's, it's 2,000 years later. I get that. He is not slow in keeping his promises. He will return and he will reign. 
But as we sing these next songs, and I'll ask the worship team to come on back up, we're going to sing a couple of songs here. And both of the songs that, that we've selected for you here today have this theme, have this theme of God reigning, but purpose to allow the Lord to reign in your personal life. Because what do we say? We say that our God reigns, God reigns. And, and, and when we sing this, we're rehearsing for some things that we're going to be singing in heaven with God. Okay, first of all, it's a rehearsal, straight up. It's a wild thing to contemplate that we're actually rehearsing for heaven. But secondly, part of the declaration of God, you reign, ought be for us now a declaration within our own lives that God has to reign in your life. Yes, in those areas, in every area, we need to proclaim that our God reigns. And then what do we say? We say, hallelujah, hallelujah, our God reigns. So allow the Lord, as you sing these next couple songs we're gonna be sharing, uh, allow the Lord to speak to you on, on two different levels. One, the eternality, the greatness, the grandeur, the, the power, the, the might of God in, in that he reigns, but also on a personal level because yes, he reigns at 100,000 feet, no doubt, but he should reign inside here too. And so in your life, these are the days of all the Yamim Noraim guys. This is the time where we should be examining our own heart and thinking about those areas in our lives that perhaps we've kind of closed off to, yes, even God. We don't oftentimes think of it overtly, but we just kind of ignore it. But we need to turn it over to God, turn all of our life over to God so that when we say that God reigns, that when we say Yeshua reigns, we're talking about from our own personal life also and not just globally. Does that make some sense, Sam, Amen. So let's worship the Lord. Let's all stand uh, again if we can. And, uh, and let's worship the Lord now. Yeah. 
Personally, Lord, we, we give you authority in our lives, O oh God. All authority is given to you, O oh Lord, and even within our personal lives. Lord, we exalt you as our Melech, as our King, O oh God. And please reign in our lives as a King would reign in our lives as well, Lord, and in this world. Thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you, God. We thank you, God. You are a great and mighty God. From here to heaven, Yeshua reigns. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name we ask. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 6, please. Isaiah 6. 
When we enter into the most intimate place with Hashem, the most intimate place, as we've been kind of climbing uh, this ladder or been going deep, deep, deep into our worship with God, we see more clearly one of his main attributes, attributes, which is his holiness, kadosh. That's one of his main attributes. In fact, I'll give you a little preview as we're going to be touching on this some coming up on Yom Kippur. His holiness, kadosh, to be holy in Hebrew literally means to be set apart, to be wholly different. And when we really see his holiness, it will embolden us to be different. It will give us the courage we need to be different. Remember that God tells us to be holy as he is holy. What does it say in Isaiah chapter 6? Listen to what the prophet Isaiah Yeshayahu says in chapter 6, verse 1. He says, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw, he had this, this vision, I saw Adonai sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Wow, This, this cherubic angelic being shouting and calling out each to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is the nature of God. It's his holiness. And what was Isaiah's reaction? Isaiah's reaction was, woe to me. Woe to me. Basically, he recognized that he was unclean. But God then what? He touched his lips and told him his sins were atoned for. But think about this scene for just a minute. Think about how very different God is. That's what holiness means. Different than, separated, right? The world is in for quite an awakening. Amen, one day. But our attitude should be one of reverent respect and the fear of the Lord, recognizing his holiness. Revelation chapter 4. We see this yet again in the throne room of God itself. In the throne room of the Lord, what do we see? And again, back to the the vision of Yochanan. I've just, the Lord directed me a lot into Revelation for this message and the service today. So what do we see? We see in Revelation chapter 4 a similar vision to the one that Yeshayahu Isaiah had in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah verse, or rather Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. It says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within. They do not rest day or night chanting, Kadosh, 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 Adonai Elohai Tzivaot, Asher Hayah Vehoveh Veyavo. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts who was and who is, and who is to come. They're nonstop saying this, y'all. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, who was, and is, and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, who was, and is, and is to come. Wow. This is very powerful. Within this, we have a snapshot 
of the heavenlies. We have a snapshot of the throne room of God. We have a, a snapshot of the presence of God. Remember, at the beginning of this time, I told you the presence of God is here and will be here. Do you discern and sense the presence of God? Well, one of the ways that we're going to even further into his presence is to sing the refrain that he hears on a regular basis within his throne room. And, and, and so as we sing these next songs, I want for you to connect with God on a very, very intimate level, uh, if you would. Uh, and that involves recognizing his holiness as the musicians come on back up, and also recognizing his holiness, what should it do? Friends, it should humble us. When we recognize how holy God is, it, it probably is going to make you realize how not holy we in our own flesh are. And that is humbling. And so the only way we can come before his holy presence is with the forgiveness and the blood of Messiah. And so recognizing his holiness also has an ancillary benefit for us in that it humbles us. The more we recognize his holiness, the more we are humbling ourselves before our God, right? And, and, and just to, to be totally cool in this whole circle and cycle, God says that to humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So that's the, the amazing dynamic of this is that we lift up the holiness of God, the set-apartness, the, different, the differentness, the, the, the purity of God. And in doing so, we're humbling ourselves because we recognize that he's so far above us. And then by humbling ourselves, God says he will lift us up. Do you see how beautiful this is? So uh, it, it makes me want to, to bow down and worship him. Bow down and worship him at his feet. And when we do, we invite the glory of the Lord to fill this sanctuary. So let's take some time now and let's worship the Lord and his holiness. I'll invite you to please stand, but if you get tired a little bit and you need to sit, you sit. But let's all stand to start here and let the Lord touch you. Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzivot, Melakol Haaretz Kevodo. Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzivot, Melakol Haaretz For you are holy, 
fills this place. You, you dwell within both this building and within our hearts, Lord. If, you, if every head is bowed for just a moment, if there's anyone who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, but you'd like to today, if, you're, if that's you, raise your hand. If, if you've never committed your life to God, but you want to, just wave your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? If you're watching online, just say the simple prayer. Say, dear God, I humbly come before you and ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me, God. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. If you said that simple prayer, just please let us know. We want to celebrate with you. If you're here today and you couldn't quite raise your hand and you said that prayer, we want to celebrate with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've got one more, we've got one more song that we want to share with you, but I, have a, I want to share with you first a little bit of the genesis of it. And, and just remain standing. I'll be really brief, and then we'll have our, our final song, and then Michael's going to close us out. We're going to finish just a little bit later today. You know, even when Job had all the hard things that happened to him, he still lifted up the name of the Lord. Beloved, hard times come. You know that, amen? Sad. But our attitude should not change. What did Job say when calamity came upon him? He said this in Job chapter 1, verse 21. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return there. Adonai gave, and Adonai has taken away. Blessed be the name of Adonai. And there's a principle here that we need to embrace, and that principle is that we need to bless the name of the Lord regardless of what's going on, right? Because you know our world. What's the market down, like 28% in just uh, this year? Oh, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be his name, Psalm 72. You can write it down. Verse 17 says, May his name endure forever. May his name increase before the sun. And may all nations be blessed by him and call him blessed. Blessed be Adonai Elohim, God of Israel, who alone does wonders. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May all the earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The psalmist here, who happens to be King Solomon, says that, we are blessed by God. We that are blessed by God should call him blessed. So the question is, have you been blessed? Yes, amen. If you've been blessed by God, then we should bless his glorious name. It's the Yamim Noraim. Let's bless the name of the Lord.
Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Light, 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 light.